Welcome to the podcast filled with his love, the only podcast that draws upon both religion and psychology to help you strengthen your attachment relationships. Here's your host, Dr. Russ Osgothorpe, Emeritus Professor of Instructional Psychology and Technology, author and speaker. His latest book entitled Filled with His Love, Strengthening Our Attachment to God and to Others is available on Amazon now. When the researchers Bowlby and Ainsworth began working on their theory of attachment, they never thought about how it might apply to our relationship with God. At least I've never seen anything written by them about this topic. But more recently, the study of attachment relationships between God and His children has been increasing at an ever faster rate. Research articles and books keep coming out about how one's relationship to God follows the same patterns as does one's relationship to a parent or a spouse. In an earlier podcast, I described how attachment theory works with parent-child relationships. Today, I want to show how the theory applies to God and His children. The basic structure of the diagram I described in that earlier episode is the same. The four boxes describing attachment styles have the same labels. Along the top, there is a continuum of self-worth, with the left box being positive self-worth and the right box being negative self-worth. On the vertical side is spiritual strength. This term replaces the sociability in the previous diagram. So on the top box is positive spiritual strength, and the lower level is negative spiritual strength. So the top left box is a person who has a secure attachment with God, positive self-worth, and positive spiritual strength. The person might say to herself, I love God, and I know He loves me. This is a secure attachment. This person feels God's love often and expresses love to Him often. In the top right box, the person has an anxious attachment to God. This person might say, I'm worried that God doesn't love me. The person wants to be loved by God, but often does not feel worthy of his love, so this causes an anxious attachment. In the lower left box, the person has an avoidant attachment to God. This person feels self-worth, so much so, in fact, that he feels no need for God in his life. And in the lower left box, the person has a dysfunctional attachment to God. This person might say, I want to be close to God, but I keep pushing him away for some reason. This person feels unworthy of God's love at times because of lack of self-worth, but also has a hard time trusting God. So, the person keeps pulling away from God even though the person longs for closeness. It's a mix of anxious and avoidant attachment. Now, here's the fascinating aspect of all of this. Our attachment to our parents and siblings as young children affects our attachment to God as we grow into adulthood. Those who have a close, secure, safe, and enduring attachment to their parents are much more likely to have a close, secure, safe, and enduring attachment to God as they mature. No one completely understands how this works, but it has very much to do with how we learn to give and receive love as infants and toddlers. I spoke with someone once who said that her mother did not want to have another child, and when she was born, her mother had a difficult time raising her. 
She felt rejection as a very young child. I spoke with a young man once who said he and his father could barely talk with each other. He always felt that he had somehow let his father down, that he had not measured up to his father's expectations, and so the relationship was strained. When a child has difficulty feeling close to parents, feeling close to God as an adult is a challenge. And then there is childhood trauma. When trauma haunts a child, the effects will go on long into adulthood unless healing takes place. In the book, What Happened to You?, Oprah Winfrey refers to an interview she had with Janla Vonsant years ago. Oprah says, Janla said that until you feel the wounds of the past, you continue to bleed. The wounds will bleed through and stain your life through alcohol, through drugs, through sex, through overworking. You have to have the courage to pull out the wound and begin to heal yourself. End quote. Childhood trauma, perhaps more than any other behavioral pattern, causes attachment disorder. And if that disorder is not dealt with, it will keep holding the person down, keeping them from the happiness that everyone seeks and deserves in this life. Another quote from this same book that I totally support focuses on how important our past history is. Quote, If we truly want to understand ourselves, we need to understand our history, our true history, because the emotional residue of our past follows us. End quote. Dr. Perry and Oprah Winfrey in this book emphasize how important it is for every child to grow up in what they call a relationally wealthy home. What is a relationally wealthy home? A home where there are lots of opportunities for children to have safe, stable, and nurturing interactions. It is a home where the child is not afraid to say how she feels, where everyone can express themselves without feeling some kind of retribution. This relationally wealthy home, they explain, builds in the child a sense of resilience. Resilience is the capacity, the internal power, to withstand the challenges and difficulties that life throws at all of us. Now, let's take that relationally wealthy home one step further. It's essential to have a secure relationship between parent and child, but let's extend that to the attachment we want to form with God. As parents, we all want our children to have a spiritually wealthy relationship with God. How does such wealth accrue in a home? In many ways, but I think that one of the most important ways is that children feel that they can be forgiven quickly for wrongdoing. They need to feel that their parents can forgive them, but they also need to feel God's mercy and His forgiveness. They need to feel that their parents are their cheerleaders, their strongest supporters, and then they can feel that God can be their strongest support as well. No tearing down each other, no harshness, no loss of temper, no retribution, just love, all the time, love. So a spiritually wealthy home is a home where both parents love and support each other, 
where they build each other up, where they show love to each other as well as to their children. A spiritually wealthy home is one where the scriptures are treasured, where prayers are anticipated, and where the hand of God is recognized. A spiritually wealthy home is not one where members of the family go through the motions, but where they obey God and follow the prophet because they love the Lord. We know from parenting research that when parental expressions of love are frequent and genuine, children thrive. Those of us who have parented our own children know that our kids can see right through us, that if our actions don't match our beliefs, our kids catch us in the act every time. If we tell a child not to get angry, but we do it with anger in our voice, the child learns only anger. I watched a neighbor interact with his son a few months ago. The family was preparing to go on a boating trip, and the son was extremely eager to get on their way. As I watched, I noticed that the more the son pressured his father, the more patient the father became. He could have ordered his son to go back in the house and wait there while the dad got the boat ready, but he didn't. He spoke with patience and kindness. I was so impressed. (laughs) He helped his son see that they had to do a lot of things before they could depart. No angry words, no loss of temper, just patient teaching. To me, this is a relationally wealthy and spiritually wealthy home. The father did not need to express his love directly to his son by saying, I love you, son, I love you. No, he didn't need to do that. The son felt his love by the way he spoke to him. One final thought. If you or someone you know has an anxious or avoidant or dysfunctional relationship with God, or even a little bit of these kinds of feelings about God, I urge you to help them find ways to heal and improve. If that means some form of therapy, then I hope you will urge them to locate the right therapist. If it means counseling with a church leader, urge them to do that. Anything that is needed to strengthen that divine attachment, that's what we all need to do for each other. We know that everyone can develop a secure attachment to God. And we know that our attachment to God affects every other relationship in our lives. The closer we feel to God, the healthier and stronger our attachment is to Him, the healthier and stronger will be our attachment to our family and friends. Oh.